Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and I am so excited because today we are joined by Laura from B Squared Social. She is the expert of real strategy. She's an incredible Instagram educator. And so if you've ever had any questions or concerns or just trying to figure out what to do with your Instagram reels, this is the episode for you. She talks you through everything that you need to know about Instagram reels, how to grow your Instagram account using reels and everything in between. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's jump right in. Laura, if you want to give just a small introduction of yourself to the very few, I'm sure there's very few people that don't know who you are. Um, amazing. Hi, my name is Laura Vitoyu. I'm the founder of B Squared Social, and we help business owners simplify and streamline their Instagram Reels strategy. Amazing. So kind of how did you get started in helping businesses with their Instagram Reels? So I started working in social media marketing kind of behind the scenes in about 2014, and then eventually made it into like a full-time business in 2018, and I was doing social media management. And that was really fun. Like I love doing management, but as soon as reels got rolled out in 2020, my clients all just like freaked out because they did not know how they were going to incorporate video content into what we were already doing. So my focus had to shift really quickly to like getting my clients to create reels and like guiding them through the process of creating reels. I was also doing a lot of one-on-one coaching at the time Mm -hmm. and I would be booked out for like 10 hours a day. Like I ended up losing my voice multiple times because everyone wanted to get on the phone and talk about reels. So I then decided to create a reels course just to make it easier for people to like learn how to do reels on their own instead of me like losing my voice multiple (laughs) times. So the course was a really great success. And from there, people were like, okay, what's the next step? Like, how do we stay consistent with reels? And that's when I launched my reels membership, which is all about like ongoing content strategy for reels and giving people like actionable ideas that they can take and make for their business. So it's kind of an evolution that happened, but it's been really fun. (laughs) That's amazing. We have a lot of listeners who are freelance social media content and agencies. So when they're working with clients, because obviously you work with business clients as well, how would you like basically help them? Like what are the first steps that you say when it comes to creating reels for the first time for a business? Absolutely. I think the first thing is getting their buy-in because a lot of the time it can feel like you're just telling them what they have to do and they don't understand why it's important or why they need to be doing it. So I think the first step is always to like explain to them that video content is the way of the future and like you need to get on it now and it's not going away. So I think having that conversation firstly is super important with your clients so that they know like why you want them to do this and you're not just making it up to torture them basically. And I think like going back to basics and making it really simple for them. I have a few clients where I've just given them a list of like B-roll shots to get. And that's so simple because they're not like looking at the camera, they don't have to point, they don't have to dance, they don't have to lip sync, which some people still feel like is too much. Um, So this is like a really simple way to like wet their feet and get them warmed up to the idea of being on camera at all. So most of my clients, we have like a little library of like stock videos of this B-roll of them working or, you know, just sitting at their desk or walking across the screen. And we use that for a lot of our reels as well. So I think starting really simply And then, you know, once they get more comfortable, you absolutely can kind of direct them to try and wear trends and, you know, maybe do lip syncing, maybe occasional dance. But I think like starting really simple because it is really overwhelming at first for people. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I've worked with clients in the past and I was like, okay, we're going to have to start making reels. You're going to have to start getting in front of the camera. They were immediately like, nope, not doing that. Can't do it. Never going to do it. Yeah, hard pass. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with people who are working with like businesses, how do you approach it with businesses on getting them more comfortable and more confident in like talking or even just being in front of the camera? I think it takes time. I think having realistic expectations is important. Like I'm not going to ever expect a client to just like pick up their phone and like be okay with it. (laughs) Most of my clients, especially now are like plastic surgeons, dermatologists, like surgeons, Mm -hmm. like skincare, like it's very, a very different niche. So these are people who like went to school for like sciencey things. And this is like completely different for them. (laughs) So I think like remembering like that your client is like hiring you as the expert and your job is to demystify it for them and make it really easy for them. So I think that's on us is to like, if you, I think you've heard, we've all heard that saying, if you can't explain it to like a three-year-old, you don't really know it yourself. So like really like getting back to the basics with it. I think you know, it takes practice, it takes time and understanding that not everyone's going to be super confident. But I think like showing them examples of other businesses and what they're doing, that's another great way as well for them to see like, okay, there is a cringe free way for me to create reels. Like, oh, this brand is doing it this way. Okay, I could do that. And it, it gives them something to kind of work towards mm-hmm. instead of sending them like a reel that has like 5 million views and like has all this like fancy editing and transitions and that'll just overwhelm them. So sending them like really simple examples of like something they can see and be like, okay, this is a tangible example that I can recreate. That also really helps. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I've worked with a wedding planner in the past before. And I was like, look, these people are just showcasing like the ideas. So what she used to do was create Pinterest boards of ideas of what the person wanted for their wedding. And then I was like, you can show that. that and then transition into the actual wedding day. And as soon as I broke it down for her that way, she was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. This is so easy. Totally. Yeah. I think breaking down those steps as well, because the thing is like, we see the finished product and it looks really intimidating. But I think like for people like you and me who know what goes into creating content, we can kind of like chunk it backwards. We're like, okay, so they did this and they did this and they did this. Like we can see it in the pieces. But I think for a lot of people, it's like, the end result, they see like the Mona Lisa and they're like, I could never do that. But like, I don't know, maybe an artist would be like, oh, I know what the steps are that go into that. So yeah. That's a really great way of putting it. I have like anybody, like I've been working in social media for seven, eight years now. And it's so funny still talking to people about it. And they're like, but how do you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's, it's right there. It's so easy. What are you talking about? I know. Yeah, totally. It's like you get to that point where you like forget what you used to struggle with. And it's like almost a curse because it's like so simple to me and I have to like explain it to someone and I'm like, the other day I was showing one of my clients, like how to save a draft on yeah. like when you record a reel and save it as a draft. And I was like, I actually don't remember, like, can I see your phone? And yes. I had to like take his phone and be like, right, this is how you save it. Because it's like muscle memory. Like I don't even think when I'm doing it, but when I was trying to explain it to him, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Like I actually don't remember how to do it. So yeah. I have friends every single time, like every single month, I create these little like monthly roundups of like reels and I use usually try to use a trending audio. And then I just do the templates because I find it really easy when it's just my own stuff. My friends are always like, how did you do that? That was so easy. And that was so cool. And you have like 11,000 views on this now. And I was just like, you, there's a template button. You just click that and upload media. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The templates are such a cool new feature. I love like the whole template library we have. We can like scroll through it drives me crazy when people are like, oh, trends are dead because it's like, then why did Instagram yeah. create a library 
of trends. Like why, why would they do that? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I find it really frustrating when people still say that it's not possible to grow on Instagram anymore. And I was just like, no, there's tons of people every single day growing continuously on the app, yeah. but we just have to change our mind shift a bit. Absolutely. I mean, obviously it's harder now than it was 10 years ago yeah. or even like a year ago, two years ago. It's definitely harder, but I think it's possible. And I think there's like still tons of opportunity to grow. And like you said, it's just a matter of you know, your mindset and like trying something different. Like whenever I see that my content is like stagnant or my growth is slowing down, I'm like, okay, it's time to try something new because it is really easy to get stuck in a rut and think like, oh, well, this type of content has always worked for me. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, people like start to expect more. I was having this conversation with a friend recently. We were saying how like, oh, we're tired of like, I can't remember what it was, but we're like, oh, I'm so tired of this trend or this thing or whatever. And I said to her, I was like, it's interesting because like we're sick of it, but our average like customer or client or consumer is not spending, you know, three hours a day on Instagram. It's like 30 minutes a day. So like we get sick of stuff way quicker than the average person does. And I was like, that's because it's our job, right? So I think that also plays into it a little bit. Like we have to remember who we're actually creating the content for. And it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm tired of talking about something, like I'm not my ideal audience. (laughs) Like it's the people who are actually following me, right? So it makes a big difference. Absolutely. So for people who are just getting started with reels and they see that their reels don't have like a huge amount of views. I'm personally one of those people that thinks that there are other metrics to look at besides views. And I know you are as well. So what are some of your favorite metrics to look at? Yeah, so I don't know if everyone has this on Reels yet, but website clicks and followers from Reels, I'm always super nosy to see like how my Reels are performing that way. I mean, I love to see like saves, shares, like those are usually a sign that the topic is interesting and people wanna hear more about that. So that'll really help inform my content strategy going forward. But most of the time, I would say website clicks are my favorite. I wanna know that people are like taking that next step and that my content is like engaging enough to be a catalyst to get them to actually go to my profile, click on my link. Like that's like, it's a lot lot to ask from someone. So, (laughs) you know, your content is good if people are like, okay, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and go onto another website. So that's usually my favorite one to look at. I love that. Saves are my absolute favorite for any type of content because, and I know that you and me and I've talked about this before, where just the way that Mm -hmm. we're all approaching social media and how we engage is so different than how it was in like 2016, because people aren't liking, they're not commenting as much. And usually it is through saves. Totally. That's so true. I have a couple posts where I have more saves than likes. And I'm like, okay, like that's just so, and it's the same. Like I've seen that a couple of times where I'll see a post I like and like enjoy, not like physically like, and I won't double tap. I'll just go straight to save it. Like I won't even think to like it because I'm like, oh, I love it so much. I'm just going to save it. So that totally makes sense. It's changing, you know, how we're using the app and how we're engaging with content. Yeah. And I also really like the share feature, especially when people, you know, that people are actually like, oh, I want to share this with somebody that I know will enjoy this as well. And I think that's such a missed metric that people don't really think about or pay attention to. Especially if it's like a post where you're promoting something or talking Mm -hmm. about something you're selling. Like if I see people are sharing that, I'm like, okay, so someone saw this and is like, oh, my friend could benefit from this. Like that's always a compliment. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. So do you have any tips on gaining confidence when it comes to creating reels? It's like the most annoying tip ever, but practice makes perfect. So like getting used to being on camera, it was super uncomfortable for me when I started. Like if you scroll back, I had never like really shown my face on my feed. I'd never showed my face on stories, but I think like you have to push yourself a little bit 
even if it's uncomfortable, even if it feels weird, you do have to push yourself, especially with content creation. So I think practice makes perfect is the first thing I would say. If you ever are like, what do I make a reel about? Or like, what do I even talk about? I love to go back to my insights and see what content of mine is like the most commented on, the most saved, the most shared, because that's usually an indication of like something you've made that resonates with people. And it's usually like the copy was really good, or maybe the graphic was good, or the the topic was really interesting. So go back to your insights and like pull a topic that you already know is a proven winner for your account and create a reel about that or create turn that into a reel. That usually helps with that confidence because you're not like coming out of left field with something totally new. At least you're pulling from a piece of content that you already know is going to work for you. So that's something I always recommend to people when they're first starting out with reels is like, you're not reinventing the wheel. Like, yes, you're making a video, but you can take your existing content and repurpose that information into a reel. So how would you help somebody who's wanting to repurpose? Like what steps would you take? So they've got like a carousel post that did really well like a few weeks ago and they want to repurpose that into a reel. How would you take that approach? Yeah. So I'm going to go to that carousel and depending on how much information it is, like that's obviously you have to use your discretion a little bit with reels and like, cause you don't want to make like a five minute reel. I don't even know if we can, (laughs) but like you don't want to make a really long reel. So I would look at that information and think like, okay, is there a way for me to like, like, should I verbally read it out? Like, am I doing a talking head reel? Am I going to do a graphic reel in Canva where it's like a tweet style and I break it down in the caption? Or maybe I'm going to do a B-roll and I'm going to have each tip come up as a separate text bubble. So I think that depends as well. Like you want to think about like, what, how am I making this repurposing this? You could also take that same information and do like a lip syncing reel with it. Obviously you have to find a trend that kind of ties into that, but you can easily make a lip syncing reel about that. And then again, you're directing people to the caption to read whatever it is you've broken down from that carousel. So I think it depends on like your comfort level, but one piece of content can be remade into like almost any type of reel. So, I mean, I think the easiest one personally is to do a talking head reel and just be like, here's five things about this. And then you just read each slide. Obviously you want to like not be reading it off of your phone, (laughs) but you want to have like, you want to be like sparkly when you're reading it and like seem, you know, engaged and just read those tips off really quickly. I think people are gravitating more towards that type of content. We've seen so much with lip syncing. The thing that makes lip syncing reels do really well is the copy that goes with them. So you almost have to be like a little bit controversial and a little bit cheeky for those lip syncing reels. And it doesn't work for all types of content. So that's why I would say, you know, if it's an educational piece, maybe you do want to go ahead and just do a talking head style reel for that. I love that. I've talked about this on the podcast before about being controversial by even just like saying something that you may not even agree with, but then saying why you don't agree Mm -hmm. with it, but start it off with something that you don't agree with just to drag people and get them in with the hook. Yeah, absolutely. The hook's so, so crucial for that. And you're right. It's like, that fine balance where you want to be clickbaity, but you also want to like maintain your integrity a bit. So there is a fine line there. Like you do want to be a little a little controversial, but you don't want to like totally just throw everything out the window. No, absolutely not. So do you ever yeah. get any ideas from TikTok before you bring things over into reels? Like how do you kind of, do you see the trends going into TikTok first and then slowly making their way over to reels? Great question. People ask me this a lot. I actually... I do see an overlap between Instagram and TikTok, but I am seeing more of like Instagram native trends like happening where they, they're starting on Instagram, they're originating on Instagram. I haven't really seen them migrate over to TikTok. It usually is the other way, yeah. but definitely there is like, there is each of them have their own distinct culture, I would say. And then there's always going to be an overlap when it comes to sourcing ideas or looking for trends. You know, with audios, we do see quite a bit that they will come from TikTok over to Instagram. Not always, but that does seem to be like, 
pretty consistent that that will happen. And then in terms of like content styles, I definitely think we see way more variety on which is great. So I think that's could be another place to draw inspiration from is to see like what type of content people are making over there. Like I follow an account on TikTok where the angle, like the girl who's filming it, it's just her hand. And you just see her hand and she's talking. And I'm like, I love those. Those are my favorite videos. Like you don't see those on Instagram. Maybe we will eventually. But TikTok is proof that like any concept will work. Like it's just crazy. So I do think that TikTok shows us like way more variety and can kind of be like an indication of what's going to happen for trends on Instagram as well. I love that. I love the talking hand girl. I like her. And then there was one who has like a sock puppet and yes and then have you seen the squirrel one yes i love the squirrel one there's like a squirrel puppet yeah i love the squirrel puppet so it's like mental health or something yeah. i don't know what the handle is but it's like the squirrel he's always in the forest and he drops like this like deep introspective quote and you're like okay i feel that and it's like a squirrel <laughs> in a forest like it's great like yeah. everybody <laughs> finds their niche something will hit so if your idea you think yes. your idea is too crazy or too weird it's probably not yeah probably not yeah <laughs> So I've had this question before in the past from past clients, but there are a lot of my clients who absolutely refuse to actually speak to the camera. So for those Mm -hmm. who refuse to do that, what are some other options that you would give to them for reels? Yeah. So for a client who doesn't want to speak to the camera, like doesn't want to really even look at the camera, I would recommend doing like we talked about the B-roll library and you get like your library of videos. I would love to see them like create a bunch of those. And then that same information that they would have spoken to the camera, they would do a text overlay and just say like, you know, depending on what it is they're teaching or talking about, like they don't have to talk to the camera. Maybe it's like the wedding planner client example you had, like maybe it's four tips on how to pick a venue. And instead of her like looking at the camera and saying, here are four ways to pick your venue. It's like maybe B-roll of like over her shoulder angle of her walking through a venue and then four text bubbles when picking your venue, here are four things to think about. Like that's a way more approachable way to do it. And it feels like regular content. The only difference is there's a background that moves, right? (laughs) And you have to pick music, I guess. So yeah, but when you break it down like that for clients, I think it's a lot more approachable. And then the other big thing that people are always asking about, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, is trending audio and why business accounts can't actually use certain songs. I actually just had this conversation with my lawyer like last week or the week before, because we were talking about like how a lot of business accounts don't have access to the full sound library. So this is usually related to a licensing issue. It's copyright audio. You don't own the rights to it. So as a business, you can't use someone else's like livelihood and creation to make money for your business. With that being said, if you switch to a creator account, if you are a creator account, you do have access to that full sound library. So I'm not a lawyer. It's not legal advice, (laughs) but obviously you want to assess your own level of risk and see like what you feel comfortable with. I'm using a creator account. I don't recommend personally, like I will not um, use trending sounds or sounds I don't have the rights to, to sell anything. So I'm not going to use like a Taylor Swift song to be like, buy my whatever, like that just (laughs) feels wrong. And it's, you know, maybe it's an interesting thing to think about. And this is what I've talked about with the lawyer is like Instagram has made it accessible. They've made it possible for people to do that, but it is still like not right. Yeah. So it is interesting. So it's like, why, why can people do that if it's not right? So it seems like an oversight. I don't know what is actually going on there. Again, not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer, but yeah, business accounts don't have access to that full sound library, unfortunately. Yeah. And even with the, like sometimes 
there will be people on the app who make it an original audio mm-hmm. and it, they're basically stealing yeah. that clip and then that original sound goes viral and I'm just like what are we doing out here that makes me so mad and I don't want to name names but yeah there's a lot of like big people who do that and they're like social media educators and I'm like you're literally stealing someone else's sound like yep all the time so yeah I would all the time yeah it really really bothers me and I think I don't know maybe there's just not a lot of education around this yet I feel like Instagram could maybe be more clear around when that's okay when that's not okay I've had my sound, like my voice stolen, my original audio stolen, and people have used them in their ads, um, which feels really yucky because they like didn't reach out to me. They didn't ask, like, I'm happy to support small businesses, but like, at least ask me if you're going to use my voice. And I've had people like send me the ads and be like, oh my God, like, I didn't know you were collaborating with them. And it was like a big brand. And I was like, nope, nope, there was no collaboration there. But I've had a lot of big brands use my my voice and they'll always DM me like Burt's Bees has used my voice. Matt Cosmetics has used my voice, Gymshark, like these were the ones I've seen, right? And like, that's fine. But it's when they're using it in an ad, I'm like, it's not cool. (laughs) No, it feels a little sketch. It does. Yes, yes. And like, it would take a second to message me and ask, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So if you're out there and you are sad because you don't have a business, you have a business account and you don't have all of the trending sounds, you can change it to your creator. Also, if you work for a bigger company, contact a lawyer if you have a lawyer at the company and check with them just to make sure yeah. that you're completely set because you don't want to get any letters from Taylor Swift's manager saying you can't use that sound. Yes. No, you don't. <laughs> you definitely don't want that. <laughs> so to you, what are some of your favorite kinds of reels to create? I like all of them. I don't know. It depends on like what my goal is for each reel. I love like lip syncing reels and trending audios. I think those are always really fun. They're really easy to make and they can be a really great way to like, like conceptualize or create like a relatable pain point with your audience. Like those always do really well for me if I like create something like that. They're quick and easy. So I love those. But yeah, at the end of the day, it depends on what my goal is. Like if I'm trying to educate, then maybe, you know, talking head style will be better. If I want them to share it, then I'm probably going to do like a tweet style reel. Yeah, I like all of them. I wouldn't say there's any type of reel that I'm like, oh, I don't want to make that. Like I I like making all of them. <laughs> no, totally understand that. I love all the ones that where you yeah. have created just like the trending audio sound, because I feel like you've done a really yeah. good job at making those and creating those. I love those. And you know what? Like when I first started doing them, I was like, oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I get so many messages and DMs from people. And I guess the same thing, messages and comments from people <laughs> saying like, oh my God, I like used that trending audio that you suggested and it really helped. Like, thank you for making it super easy. So the feedback is really great. People seem to like it. So I'm going to keep doing them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who are looking for like trending sounds and things like that, what would your approach be? Like, how do you approach trying to find like a really good sound? Yeah, I mean, the most obvious way is to like just scroll and see what comes up. Obviously, we're looking for that little arrow pointing upwards to the right. For myself, I have my team and myself, we're always sourcing sounds. And the reason we have like multiple people sourcing sounds is because when you're on Instagram, you have your own algorithm and Instagram's going to show you specific content that they think you are going to like. And this is going to be based on any number of factors, but heavily influenced by your past activities. So it can be really easy to get stuck in like a scroll hole of seeing the same type of content over and over. And you kind of lose perspective of like what other trends are out there, like 
it's just very easy to get really like pigeonholed basically. So between me and my team, we're always sourcing sounds from multiple accounts. If I hear a sound that's interesting, I'm usually saving them. I have like a spreadsheet and I'm tracking their progress over the weeks to see what's going to happen. This is what I do for my membership. This is what I do for my members because I want to make sure that we are sourcing sounds before they blow up so that I'm not, you know, recommending a sound that everyone's heard, everyone's sick of. But I think it's important to like have that dedicated time where you are like taking note of like what you're seeing, what's happening, what sounds are being used, what the evolution of that sound is. Because even with trends, like there will be so many like offshoots of a trend eventually. So if you know the original trend, it's really quick for you to see like, oh, this is an offshoot of that trend. And maybe this is going to blow up as well. So I think spending that dedicated time is really important. Yeah. For sure. So at Flick, Mm -hmm. I do that every single week. I try to get, we have a blog post that just like the top five sounds that we have seen during the week. Yeah. But it's so true what you say about everybody's algorithm being slightly different because I'll be on my personal one. And while I'm scrolling, I hear the same sound like five times in a row. But as soon as I switch over to Flick's account and I start scrolling there, it's completely different sounds. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like interesting because So between I have like my account that I have access to like client accounts, like backup accounts, but I also have the close friends, no filter account, which is like the podcast account for me and Manu. And because that account is like so closely associated with me and Manu, it's like, I get the same type of content there as I basically get on my own account. So it's interesting to see like how Instagram like draws those connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, every single day, there's always something new with Instagram and what they do and just, (laughs) it's crazy. So if you're out there and listening and trying to figure out like, is it too late to do reels or anything like that? It's never too late. You should always just jump on the trend and give it a good, good old college try. Absolutely. doesn't hurt to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for business, what are some of the like the best kinds of reels to make when they're trying to sell a product? Um, so if it's a physical product, like there's so much you can do with that. Like you can show how it's being used. You can show how you create it. You can show like testimonials, reviews. You can show how it's styled. Like the sky is really the limit with product reels. I think people think it's harder because it's like not your face. I actually think it's a little bit easier because there's a lot you can show with it. So just being creative, like TikTok's a great place to get examples or get ideas from. It doesn't have to be so literal. Like people think that you have to be like, this is my thing that I'm selling. Like it doesn't have to be like that. It could be, you know, showing the process and talking about, you know, why you made it or how you made it. I mean, I've seen those on TikTok a lot where people will be like making a cake And they're like, oh my goodness. So I was making this cake for a client. And they're like talking while they're showing that process of creating the cake. And you're watching the whole way through because it's like interesting to see them make it, but you're also involved in that story. So I think that can be like an unexpected way to sell as well. Yeah. I think storytelling is so important, especially when it comes to selling product. I don't think a lot of people understand how important stories are. With product, especially, it's like you're also selling a lifestyle. Like it's not like you know, Jordan Belfort from like Wolf Wolf of Wall Street, where he's like, sell me this pen. And it's like, it's not about the pen. It's about like what that pen represents. And that's the same with products. It's like, you're not selling like a pillow, you're selling like a sleep, you're selling like a really good sleep, a restful sleep, like you're selling that coziness, that like luxury feeling, like it's a very different way of thinking with products. Yeah, that actually reminded me of the new Ikea ad that they did where it looks like, it's like an eye moisturizer. And it has a pillow and a duvet inside of it. And it just called sleep. Oh my goodness. And I was like, that is such a perfect way to describe that because you're getting the perfect amount of sleep, but it looks like an eye mask product. Yeah. And you're well rested. I love that. Such a good idea. I haven't seen it, but that's a really good concept. So what are some of your 
favorite, like top tips on creating reels to get started? Yeah, I was talking about someone, I'm talking about this with someone else the other day. And like, we were talking about the 30 day reel challenge. I'm sure you've seen yes. it, you've heard it. And we're basically the thing is you make a reel every single day for 30 days. And we were saying like, while I don't like say everyone should do that, the idea behind it is great because you're immersing yourself in something and like dedicating yourself to getting better at something for 30 days, which I think is always a good idea. So the idea of like immersing yourself in reels and just forcing yourself to make more, that could be a really great way to like get good at making reels. The idea behind reels is like to be able to make more of them and like not spend a ton of time creating them because I think that's the biggest hurdle people have is they think that it's going to take them hours to create a reel and that's why they make less or they just don't make them at all. And we put so much pressure on these reels to perform really well. But once you start making more and you like, I don't want to say you devalue them, but you realize like how small each one is like in the big scheme of life, like it's tiny you can kind of pull back from that perfectionism and just start creating more and see what works. So I always encourage people like just post the reel, even if you think it's crappy, like even if you don't know what you're doing, like just post it because the next reel, you're going to be like, oh, so the last reel I posted, my text was cut off. So now I'm going to make sure my text isn't cut off, like little things like that. And you only get better by redoing it. So I think like taking the time to like learn the features, how to use the features and like analyze what's working for you, what's not working for you. There aren't really any shortcuts. I wish there was, but like, (laughs) these are things that you learn from doing it, unfortunately. So do you believe in quantity over quality on reels or do you believe in just like posting as much as you can and seeing what hits? That's such a good question. I think it's a mix. Like the thing is like, for me, I had the most growth and like, I felt the most like happy and like I was having fun with it when I was creating more. But the reason I was creating more was because I was like, I'm not going to be a perfectionist and I'm just going to post whatever I feel like. So it's not necessarily the posting more that's going to help you. It's like the attitude behind that. Right. So even if you're only posting three a week, but you're having fun with them and you feel good about them, that's better than posting 10 that you like absolutely hate. You're like not having fun with it. So I think that's important, like to let go of that perfectionism either way, whether it is to create more or maybe you're creating less. I think do as many as you can without like driving yourself crazy. I think that's kind of the number I aim for. (laughs) And do you always recommend posting it to the feed or do you just the reels page? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I always post to the feed. I've never like thought that not posting to the feed would be more beneficial. So I always post to both. I I don't know. <laughs> I've tried it before without like posting it to yeah. my feed. And anytime I've done that, my views have actually gone yeah. down. Yeah, that would make sense. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't think of a compelling reason why you shouldn't. So I, when I first got the reels feature, it was like a glitch for me. Like I would have post to feed and it never posted to my feed for like, I don't know, maybe six months. And people would always be like, Oh, why aren't you posting to your feed? Is this like a a hack? I'm like, no, like I actually just can't (laughs) like they're not posting. to my. (laughs) And then how important are thumbnails to you? I it's interesting because people don't see them unless they're on your profile. So like they're only important on your profile. And I think that from that perspective, like they're just as important as any other piece of content. Like you want people to know quite quickly and clearly what it's about and why they should click on it, especially if you're going to pin a reel. So I have like an about me reel and I've pinned it, but also the thumbnail is like very clear. It's like about me and like people know what they're going to get when they watch that reel. So I think they're important. I mean, I don't think you should spend like hours and hours like dragging and dropping these like minute things on Canva, but I think they're important. I use a really great set of templates from your template club. I use those for all my reels covers and it's way easier than like 
trying to create it myself. (laughs) And then my final question, because this is something that we get asked all the time, is what do you use everything within Instagram's own app or do you have a tool that you like to use on the side? I would say like 99% of the time I'm just using Instagram. The other 1% is maybe I'm using CapCut or I'm using InShot to like do a more advanced edit. So if I'm like cloning myself or I like need to speed things up a certain way or I need to like, you know, when you like speed it up, but you only speed up certain parts. I don't know what that feature is called, but it's like when you want to like speed up a specific part. So really for like an intense transition, I will use like Canva or CapCut or InShot for that. But most of the time I'm just using Instagram. Amazing. Well, is there anything that you'd like to promote today? Yeah, my Reels Report membership will be opening in February. I don't know when this podcast will come out, but the Reels Report membership, we send out four ahead of the trend sounds each week and it helps you save time creating Reels so you're not spending hours scrolling for ideas. So that's uh, what I'm promoting. Amazing. (laughs) Um, And then where can people find you? I'm at bsquared.social on Instagram and on the internet or my website is bsquared.social. Amazing. (laughs) I'll link everything in the show notes, but thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And I'm sure everybody has so many Instagram reels ideas now. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was so nice to chat with you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. I hope you learned so many more tips and tricks when it comes to your Instagram reels because I know I'm going to be utilizing a bunch of the ones that she has suggested. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review. I would love you forever and ever and ever and ever. You can also find us over on Instagram at flick.social, on TikTok at flick.social, and on Twitter at flick underscore social. Please follow us on all of them and we will be bringing you more tips, tricks, social media content, everything and anything in between. We are also on YouTube where Ben gives you a bunch of information on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok every single week. So be sure to follow us on there and we will talk to you next week. Bye.